having a wonderful week. I know I am. And today has been kind of interesting for um, <laughs> nerd news. Uh, some good, some bad, and some just crazy at the same time. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started with, as we always do, comics. Now, for those of you who have stuck with me through this entire Spider-Man fiasco, I just got one thing to say to you. I appreciate you for because this thing only gets worse. Yes, not better, worse. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started with Spider-Man issue number 16. And as we last left Peter Parker, he was stuck in limbo. Peter's having to play out a role as a photographer and Jonah playing himself as the editor. Yeah, Zeb Wells really likes to uh, roll things backwards on this one. And apparently, Ben's plan is to have Peter stay in limbo, living out his old life until he agrees to eat a fruit to take his soul. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Peter breaks up a fight between a couple of demons, and one of them actually be inspired and calls himself Parker Man. And yeah, so these guys kind of got the whole backwards talk going, sort of like a discount bizarro. I don't know why, it's really stupid, but here we go. Anyway, uh, Peter has a plan to escape, and because he doesn't have his, like, goblin-style costume, he asks Jonah for a needle and a thread to make a new one. And uh, Ben, apparently, is turning some of the demons into Spider-Man's role gallery. You have Discount Rhino, Discount Dr. Octopus, Discount uh, Craven the Hunter, and a few others. Uh, well, the next day, Jonah tricks the demons into finding the portal leading to the human realm because he knows all of them are kind of tired playing this whole pretend thing. Anyway, uh, they all try to escape Peter, Robbie, and Jonah, where Robbie was at this entire time, nobody knows. Anyway, they are cornered by the demon rogues, and Peter is saved by the demon he saved earlier, dubbed Parker Man, who combined with a symbiote and is now Wreck Rap. Yeah. Honestly, I was super happy to see uh, the old costume come back, but my god, this got extremely stupid. Seriously, so Ben's plan to steal his soul is to make him relive his... Life as a photographer, that's the big plan. Seriously? Soul Eater had a better plan than that. Seriously, what the heck is going on? I mean, shoot, we thought that, I don't know, Limbo was going to be a little more hellish? Not a freaking vacation. I mean, shoot, they were just kind of uncomfortable there, not being tortured. So I don't know what the heck Zeb Wells is smoking. Does he have a few extra pieces? Because... This really sucks. I'm really hoping that Marvel just drops the series altogether because of how bad it is. I have, and not to mention, I have no idea why they're doubling down on Zeb Wells. Because, shoot, they got him for the new Marvel's movie coming out, so that makes my interest drop significantly. And he's head for Marvel Zombies. Well, I'm okay, I'm going to be honest. I did not mind the one in, um,. Like the What If series, but you could tell that his uh, logic was written all over that episode. Anyway, we're going to be moving on to Dark Web issue number two for Miss Marvel. So, I gotta say, as soon as Miss Marvel got to Limbo, she was surrounded by all these demons and basically didn't want to judge them and threw out her flag for peace. They did not take it and started attacking her, so she went all kaiju, went big, and started thrashing all of them around. 
it was hilarious to watch and in a good way like it wasn't hilarious bad it was hilarious good like she went huge knocking all these guys around destroying them and all that stuff and she beaten this entire army to the point where they just sent her back to earth and um i don't know if you guys remember the bird person from the last issue but i found out who the dude is he is apparently an old villain of hers calls the inventor and um yeah this shit's really stupider he is an evil clone of thomas edison you know what i'll give uh, this writer credit or whoever created this guy in the first place i didn't think you could get stupider but here we are anyway miss marvel sees her mosque walking in the hudson attempts to help them when she is attacked by the inventor who has brought other historical clones of dead people now birds yeah okay we're going this route anyway uh, people in the mosque attempt to talk to it and the mosque begins to start preaching about their teachings criticizing the way they're going and talking about their religious stuff where it kind of gets preachy like i don't know if the writer is just writing his personal opinions onto the page but it really seems to be going that route anyway um yeah it kind of gets a little awkward there Anyway, Miss Marvel gets overwhelmed when Miles comes in for the save. Miss Marvel gets the upper hand and begins to win when it, the inventor's blaster blasts her with energy and morphs her into a bird. But before she can be defeated, Bruno, her friend, blasts the dude with an EMP, kills him, saving her. The comic ends with Miles and her talking about how awesome she is. Okay, I'm just going to be honest here. The comic had a really great start, especially the series. The first issue was great. The second issue was... The beginning was great. It just got really preachy at the end and just went downhill with the resurrection of the inventor. Like, why? You could have added any other villain. You could have made a good villain. You could have made like someone from Limbo getting the upper hand and you decided to resurrect a dude who's a clone of Thomas Edison. Okay, yeah. All right, we're going that route. Anyway, uh, that's it for Marvel's side. We're going to be talking about DC and yeah, I got to say this issue of Batman and Joker Deadly Duo has to be my personal favorite. And let's go ahead and get started with this. So... Like I said, it was an extremely enjoyable issue and sets the stage for an interesting confrontation. Batman is still at the mill trying to solve the riddle to save the couple hanging over the melter. He sees that the husband is a domestic abuser and the mother is a drug addict who also smuggles drugs as well. Batman has to solve the riddle about who gets to live. He sees that their son uh, is basically... Uh, being fought over for monetary gain uh, between the mother and the father. The father doesn't want to spend money on child support because of his expensive girlfriend, and the mother wants to use the kid for uh, drugs and stuff like that to get money for to feed her drug habit. Anyway, uh, he also reads that he has an uncle and an aunt who actually love him and has been trying to get custody over the kid for years. He says that both deserve to die solving the riddle. And it's the correct answer. But because the Joker was the one who was supposed to show up, he says they were already good as dead and he just wanted to see if Batman was able to solve the riddle. Batman takes something out of his utility belt trying to break the glass, but it's super reinforced and does not break. And both fall to their death, which basically left Batman powerless. And I kept thinking to myself, this is really great. This is like the type of stuff that's amazing. Like... Batman isn't going to be able to solve or break through anything. 
Anyway, the person behind the, the villain behind this thing says that he is not a monster and will not go after the boy. Meanwhile, in the cave, they find the teeth that escaped and saw that it combined with a bat. Batman analyzes it and finds that the organism is basically like a symbiotic creature that's DNA latches onto the person to get their attributes. But it must feed or it will self-cannibalize on itself to sustain their energy. Meanwhile, while this is happening, the cops are still looking for the mutant in the hoodie who went underground. And while we follow the mutant, he puts a head on the spike and it looks like he's been collecting heads for some reason. Brutes confronts the person whose research would have actually uh, helped with this entire thing and who was working on something for self-heal. Uh, they state to uh, that they don't want anything to do with this, that they had nothing to do with it, and that Batman and the Joker are a cancer that needs to be stopped. Meanwhile, Batman brings the Joker into his interrogation room, beats on him, and tells them that him and the Joker will be working together, but if he does anything reckless, he doesn't care if he has Gordon, he will beat him to almost death. The Joker smiles and says this is going to be fun. And honestly, the first line the Joker says in this entire uh, comic after Bruce puts him in the interrogation room was, how was your day? It was absolutely hilarious. So uh, this is where the comic ends, where it's Sims, the guy that's, whose research would have uh, basically made these monsters, finds out that someone hacked their system and he su suspects Bruce Wayne. He says he is adding his name to the list. And you can see that something's up with his eye. And I gotta say, like I said, this comic has been amazing. The series has been absolutely fantastic. The art style is amazing. I like where this story is getting. And it's really, really fun. I'm really happy how uh, they're basically setting something up. And it's just showing that not even Batman can save everybody. That he's going to need help with this new villain. I might be wrong when I said I thought this might be Langstrom, especially with the whole symbiotic thing. So I am very happy that it's not an obvious villain doing this. So I'm really happy for this new villain to show up. I'm really excited to see where this goes. And I wonder how this is going to end because I think there's a couple more issues left. Anyway, that's it for comics. We're going to be moving on to TV shows. All right, so first things first, Avatar The Last Airbender, the people behind it has released a possible timeline. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not really happy about it. You know why? Because apparently, according to this, the live action that's supposed to be airing on Netflix will release seasons every two years. And that's not good. That's not good at all. I mean, how long? I mean, we heard about this back in 2000 not 2000 but 2020 why is it taking two years to make a, a season like you've had almost four years three years going to be four years to work on it that shouldn't be the case you should have been using every opportunity and i get it 2020 but still if you're releasing a show every two years and we're talking about netflix here netflix has been canceling shows left and right after a season or two so who knows if we weren't going to get this conclusion. The faster they release the shows, the better. And that's not even saying if this show is going to be good or not. So I'm not too excited that it's going to take a total of five years to finish. But depending on the wait time, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a good show and we wait for it or maybe it won't. Who knows? And uh, yeah, I, like I said, not too happy about it. Anyway, uh, Velma. 
<laughs> so you guys remember uh, Velma, the new Scooby-Doo TV show where Mindy Kaling or Kaling, whatever you pronounce her name, was going to be behind this. Yeah, so I saw episode one and by God, does it suck really, really bad. Like I couldn't even get through episode one and I just don't know if Warner Brothers is trying to cash in on any idea that they think might get traction because they changed the ethnicity of established characters. But I don't know if that's the case. They need to just wash their hands and give Scooby-Doo to a, a studio that's actually going to do something with them. Honestly, forget about the humor, the brand of humor in the show as absolutely terrible. I don't know why they went with this, but apparently they're trying to do like a fast grab discount South Park or something. And it really sucks. Honestly, if they wanted to introduce new Scooby-Doo characters to the mythos, they could have made it take place in the future. Scooby gang has retired and they decided to hand over the keys to the mystery machine to a new group and continue the legacy of Scooby-Doo. Who knows, maybe Scooby-Doo's grandkid or child decides to join them. Honestly, any of those would have been better, but Jesus. And I honestly feel bad for the actors who had to work on this show. But wow, I don't know if they're ever going to get something after this. And honestly, this is the first project that Mindy Kaling has had. In a little bit. I mean, she's done... I forgot what the other show, but... Honestly, for me, she hasn't released anything in years that I found funny. And it might be years before she becomes head writer of another project after this mess. I wouldn't be surprised if they outright canceled this. Because of how bad it is. Yeah, and it's kind of bad when the critic score is low and the audience score is lower. Like, really bad. I think 7%. And even if that does raise up a little bit... The critics don't even like this show, so you can't even fall back on that. Anyway, uh, moving on, The Proud Family Season 2 is arriving in February, and honestly, I can't wait to see how this season will fare. The last season wasn't too bad, so I can't wait to see how fun this one is. And this coming week, we got another Disney Plus show, or Disney show, that is coming out. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. It's not a show it's more of an episode and that is the owl house episode two will be premiering in a week and honestly i cannot wait to see how it goes the series has been awesome i'm really sad this is the second to last episode in the series disney really screwed up when they only made it three episodes with 45 minutes length but like i said i'm super excited for this one and i'm very interested to see how powerful the collector can be and what is the kink in his armor? Next, we have Moon Girl, which will be premiering on February, I think they said 15th. I'm not too sure, but I'm interested to see how it goes and interested to see what other characters make an appearance. Moon Girl has definitely been a lot more popular than her predecessor, which was Moon Boy. And not to mention, since this actually takes place on Earth, it should be pretty cool to see how it goes. Maybe they'll show Moon Boy in this series, showing the original owner of Devil Dinosaur. Anyway, uh, Bad Batch Episode 3 release, and I really like the dynamic between the clones' morals and the Empire. One thing I loved, and one thing that was very interesting to learn, was more and more clones were going AWOL, and began to question Order 66. Crosshair still believes in the Empire, and in their entire mission for this episode was to rescue the governor. 
which was impressive, especially since it was a while since I've seen battle droids that were still activated. Cody did negotiate for a peaceful surrender for the prisoner, but the Empire's governor ordered them to kill the person who held him hostage, the original governor of that planet. Cody hesitated, but Crosshairs did not, and basically executed her. You can see that a lot of these Empire officers prefer to work with Stormtroopers because they don't have the moral high ground that these clone troopers are used to. One thing I found interesting was you can obviously see the, the armor differences between the clones and the Stormtroopers, especially this early in the Empire. You can see how different they are in design, which I mean, obviously, they were always different, but seeing it closely different in some assemblance is pretty interesting. One thing I'll say is I wonder if we're going to get an episode on how cheap and how mass-produced uh, Stormtrooper armor is. Because like they've said in Rebels, you can't see out of that thing and it can't protect against anything. Anyway, I'm very curious to see what happens next, especially since Cody went AWOL as well. Well, that's it for TV shows. We're going to be moving on to movies. Reincarnated as a Slime is releasing this upcoming Friday and Thursday. And I'm very curious to see how it goes. I'm going to be seeing with a friend and we'll be redoing a review on the movie. One thing I'm very interested to see is why didn't they release this in theaters for Saturday? At least Friday and Saturday works well. I mean, what? They don't really have any big movies coming out except maybe Airplane or The Plane with Gerald Butler. But I don't see why they wouldn't release an anime movie for Saturday. I mean, they did the same thing for Dragon Ball and that was amazing. Anyway, uh, moving on, the new trailer for Quantum Mania was released, and it made Kang look like an absolute unit. Kang wants Scott to steal something because, of course, every Ant-Man has to be a heist movie, but it's not revealed what it is, and it seems like Scott and Kang are going to dish it out. Now, I believe that some characters are going to die because if Kang is going to look like an absolute villain, especially since he's supposed to be the new Thanos, People are going to have to die to really bring up this threat. I'm very curious to see where they go with the next chapter of the MCU. And I was very interested to see that MODOK was revealed to be Darren Cross, uh, Corey Stroll's character from the first Ant-Man, basically Yellow Jacket, and who is now MODOK. So I'm very curious to see how this will work, if MODOK will survive this movie, and to see how he will get his revenge on what happened to him in the first Ant-Man movie. Besides that, it's going to be really cool. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be doing my Way of Water review next week. So definitely look forward to that if you were wondering when I was going to do it. Anyway, moving on to video games. Uh, Surtur is coming to Smite. Yes, the Norse god. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was already in Smite because... With everything going around with Norse mythology, I mean, they got Loki, Thor, Odin, a bunch of other stuff. You'd figure that Surtur was already in there, but apparently I was wrong. So I'm very curious to see how he plays. It looks like he's going to be a tank. So it should be interesting to see what his movesets are. Anyway, uh, Hogwarts Legacy introduced Simon Pegg's character, and he will be playing Phineas Nagilius Black the last Slytherin headmaster before Snape at Hogwarts, and is considered to be the worst headmaster of Hogwarts. That's an interesting title there, so I'm very interested to see how that goes. And he is the ancestor of both Sirius Black and Bellatrix. So I'm very interested to see how we will have to avoid him, 
or fight him. And I'm I'm curious to see if he'll be um, compatible uh, to uh, that teacher from the Chamber of Secrets. Anyway, uh, Hitman is a franchise that never seems to die, which is a good thing. And they're releasing new content called Freelancer. I'm very happy to see that fans of this series uh, keep getting support and new content for this game. Because honestly, coming from a Splinter Cell fan, that is something we will never get. Not in the next five years. Anyway, a Dead Space launch trailer dropped and it does kind of look decent. So I'm wondering if it's actually going to be better than Callisto Protocol because that was um, a very disappointing game. Uh, next, WWE wrestler skins are coming to Siege because of course Ubisoft needs to add a whole bunch of stuff to make money. Anyway, uh, that's it for video games. We're going to be moving on to nerd theories. So if many of you don't know, Ubisoft has canceled a bunch of their games that had set to release in the next year or two. One of them was Ghost Recon Frontlines. They released a trailer for it last year, but it got so much negative reviews because apparently it was also supposed to be a battle royale that they ended up canceling it and they canceled a Splinter Cell VR game. And this year, they canceled another uh, three unannounced video games compared to the last year where they canceled four. They also delayed uh, Avatar, Pandora, and Skull and Bones. And the reason I'm thinking they're doing this is to put all their studios together to work on the next huge Star Wars game that they announced that they're making. Because remember, they said it was going to be revolutionary. They said it was going to change how Star Wars was, that everything was going to be canon and a bunch of stuff. And it makes sense since Ubisoft has been taking uh, people from other studios because if you remember these past few days, we've been plagued, even weeks, we've been plagued with server issues with their video games dropping like flies. I mean, look at Siege. It took forever for me to even put my Ubisoft Plus to my Game Pass. And with everything else going wrong, it just makes sense. They need this Star Wars game to come back from the gutter because what? All they have left is Assassin's Creed games that actually are well received. And with Mirage coming out, it's going back to basics, which is something I've been asking for for the past six years. And like I said, Star Wars game might be their last chance at greatness because if they keep on relying on Assassin's Creed, it might be the same downfall as their Tom Clancy games. And we don't want them to downfall like the Tom Clancy games because the Tom Clancy games have been utter garbage. Anyway, uh, that's it for Nerd Theories. We're moving on to current events. Justin Rowland. Yes, for those of you who don't know that name, he is the creator of Rick and Morty. Um, Koala Man, which is going to be released, and Solar Opposites, and he's also one of the main uh, writers for High on Life, a video game that just released, and was Game Pass's number one downloaded game of the year. So, this guy had a lot going for him, but it was revealed on Thursday that he was charged with domestic violence and false imprisonment. Felony charges that were filed back in 2020 and were only made public. If he's arrested, he faces seven years in jail, which would not be good for franchises like Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites. Because remember, he was co-creator of Rick and Morty, but the main creator of Solar Opposites. And if he's found guilty, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to find another voice actor 
to replace him on Rick and Morty, especially on how popular it is as a franchise. Or Warner Brothers might just pull the plug and just cancel them both, which would be tragic but understandable. And I would honestly feel bad for Dan Harmon because he's the co-creator of Rick and Morty and it would suck that a project that he has made he has grown from the ground up, would go down in flames because of his partner. I mean, I've never been a fan of Solar Opposites, so I'm indifferent about it, but it would really suck. Anyway, uh, that's it for uh, current events, and that's it for this week's episode. I look forward to talking about Way of Water next week and doing my review on Reincarnated as a Slime. As always, please like and subscribe and follow for more podcast news and all the nerd and geek stuff. Sayonara, see you later, and I'll see you guys next week. Have a blessed day.